0: guys, it's Rami. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Score North Live. Available on Apple, Spotify, at the Score North mobile app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you only have time to listen to one segment from today's show, here it is right now. Wiggins. Tough, tough take and make by Andrew. Wiggins, three. Wolves take the lead for the first time this That's that's a couple of big threes for Andrew. Wiggins wide open, looking for another, and he'll get another. Wiggins feeling it.
1: Oh my goodness, Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Look at everybody storming the court.
0: That was the call last night on Fox Sports North as the Timberwolves knock off the heat, 116-109, to 109, and one of the voices you heard there in the call, Jim Peterson, analyst for Fox Sports North, joins us now on Score North Live. Jim, Pete, how are you this afternoon, sir?
1: I am just basking in uh, looking at the standings and seeing Minnesota 3-0, number one in the Western Conference. So that's pretty good. You know. I'm just going to sit here and bask in this. You know, just, it's fun to stare at that.
0: All day I don't know how long just
1: gonna, gonna laugh.
0: Like you're right. sunbathing, you're just gonna lay back and look at the standings yeah. for a few hours.
1: Yeah, I'm basking in the glow of my computer screen right now. <laughs> this.
0: Yeah. Is this more is this more than just three wins? We know that this is an organization trying to transform itself with Garrison Rosas coming in and all the changes he implemented. We don't wanna get too carried away with just three wins, but you see a lot more than just what happens on the court. Is this more than just a three game win streak for this basketball team, Jim Pete?
1: You know, I think that um, you guys have been around. I think one of the things that Tibbs would always say last year, and he, you know, Tibbs in a lot of a lot of ways would say the same things day in and day out. And like, I think that the, the beat writers that would cover the team every day uh, would kind of just kind of you know uh, roll their eyes, and because Tibbs would always say, you know, the magic is in the work. You know, it's like it's like it's like coming to work every day. The magic is in the work. Magic is in the work. Well. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I mean the magic isn't coming in, in to you know, to work every day and, and putting in the time and, and doing your job and, and all of that. But um I think that um Benz and I were talking about this in, in Charlotte that um some of the, the culture part of it that you know and um he he brought up a Zach Lowe's podcast and Zach Lowe was talking to Jeff Van Gundy and Van Gundy was kind of poo pooing everything. He's like Van Gundy's saying that well, if it's just as easy as everybody going to dinner, then everybody would go to dinner and everybody would have success. And, and, and this culture that they're building isn't about going to dinner. I mean, part of it is. And part, you know, Because, you know, Ben Gundy maintains um, that, you know, there have been plenty of good teams that have come down the pike that have not really spent a lot of time with each other off the court. In fact, maybe in some cases um, didn't even really particularly like each other. But – I think that a healthy work environment is is a good thing. I think that when people enjoy coming to work and spending time with each other and enjoy grinding, they're they're more likely to grind longer. They're more likely to grind um, in in a, in a more meaningful way. Um, and coaches are able to coach, and and players are able to take in information and synthesize it into a game where, like you see and Andrew Wiggins get mobbed like that on the court and I think that if you if you watch the game there's there are several pieces that the Timberwolves have put together in in a commercial package where you see them doing drill work and the celebration that goes on when they celebrate the drill you know and that that stuff is carrying over now onto the court so I just think that you know what you're seeing is is something special you know I think you're seeing Ryan Saunders, Gerson Rosas, Ethan Kassin, uh the the dream and and the vision that that each of those pieces have, have have had, and then putting it all together, you're seeing a manifestation on that. So that that microcosm of Andrew Wiggins being, um, you know, sort of mobbed on the court makes everybody's heart sore, you know, and so it was it's fun for me because I've been you know waiting for a long time for. There are being sort of a, an alignment on all parts of this organization. And it's finally happened. And I just, I just am so happy for so many people, especially Mr. Taylor. Jim, how big was last
0: night for Andrew Wiggins?
1: Huge. I mean, like, you know, I just think that, you know, I just think that, you know, Andrew just needs um, people to, you know, uh, understand who he is. And I think that, that Ryan Saunders really understands who he is. And I think that one thing I've seen, um, being around the team um, is that he and Pablo Pregioni have really sort of um, developed a really great relationship. I think that maybe that's something that we need to ask Andrew about, and maybe even talk to Pablo about. But I, and that, that's no small thing when you bring in somebody like a Pablo Pregioni, who you know was such an accomplished international player, and then you know he he came into the NBA a little later in his career and was able to carve out a bit of a you know, a bit of a name for himself, but then to be brought in, um, you know, he learned the Brooklyn culture and everything that Sean Marks was doing, um, with Kenny Atkinson in Brooklyn. And obviously Kenny, um, is Kenny Atkinson in Brooklyn is one of the best player development guys. And Kenny's, um, his resume is so good. And so Pablo had a chance to be around Kenny Atkinson, who I, who I think is like, you know, just, I just have so much respect for him. And so then now you see Pablo bringing his own brand, his own sensibilities to connecting with players, and I think that he's really connected with Andrews. So um, I I just guess I'm not surprised by it because, you know, who who likes getting beaten down every day, you know, and who likes, you know, like just some of the comments that Jimmy Butler would make about Kat and and Wiggs, um, you know, and who wants to hear that? You know, that's not easy to hear. It's not fun to hear. Um, and now all of a sudden, like the narrative has all changed. So um, I don't know like, you know, I just I think you got to just like say you're so happy for Andrew it was a huge night for him and his family and his mom and dad and, um, you know, brothers and sisters and all of that, but mainly for his teammates because they're in it to win it with him.
0: Last year, and we're talking with Jim Pearson, Fox Sports North, here on Score North Live, Rami Makhlouf and Danny Cunningham. Last year, when Ryan Saunders took this team over, he still had Tibbs' staff for the most part, a bunch of injury problems. There was only so much he could do with, with the players that he was handed. This year, it's it's his team and, and his system and, and his staff. Have you noticed something different in Ryan Saunders this season?
1: That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that... Um, you know, you think about what this franchise has kind of been through ever since Flip passed four years ago. Because when when Flip passed, um, you know, Ryan was on the staff, and Sam Mitchell had to take over. And when, when Sam took over, he didn't really know 100% that Flip wasn't going to be back. Because when he, when he took over... Um, You know, there's still you're still were thinking that Flip was gonna was was still gonna be able to get over and like get better from Hodgkins. You know, like they they still were hopeful of that. And so then, when things kind of spiraled out of control, um, Sam was still kind of running Flip's system, so Sam never really had a chance to really kind of do his own thing. He ended up, you know, obviously implementing some of the stuff, but not really. And then Tibbs comes in and, um, you know, does what he does and. Ryan's still on staff I means I thought Tibbs was smart to keep Ryan just because Ryan was, you know, a hard worker and he had connected with a lot of the players and I thought could help him and he, and, and Ryan certainly did. Um, and then when he takes over, it's it's difficult to change a bunch of stuff. But Ryan did make some changes. You know, he did make some changes in terms of some of the concepts defensively, and I think that um, he he brought some offensive stuff. And Ryan coached hard. Like one of the things I told it, Ryan. Last year was that, you know, it's kind of important for you to like let other people talk because Ryan was like just running himself ragged, doing everything. Like he was doing everything. Like he would run the entire shoot around. And that shows you a little bit of his talent skill, by the way. The fact that he can go in there and like do the entire thing, like do the walkthrough. And like the guy that had the scout, you know, would have uh, some say, but Ryan was like, man, his voice was very, very prominent, you know. And so now this year, the biggest change that I've seen is like the amount of, of, um, delegation that he's been able to do because he's got guys now that are, you know, David Vanderpool, who is, you know, supposed head coach, like he has a big voice. Brian Gates, who Ryan knew from before when Sam Mitch was here and, um, he and Brian are very close. Brian Gates has a very big voice. Pablo Prigioni obviously has a, is a big voice, but you've got multiple, multiple coaches on the floor. Um, running stuff. And so that's one of the biggest changes I've seen in that. And then the confidence factor for Ryan now, like being able to handle the media and, um, you know, do all the things that a coach has to do. There's so much that those coaches have to do, um, on a daily basis, um, trying to, you know, run this company. I mean, it's like literally you're like a CEO. Um, you know, Gerson has a lot of responsibility. Ethan Casson has a lot of responsibility, but Ryan is also a CEO as well. Um, and so I just, I'm so amazed that this young man who's one of the best human beings I've ever met is so able to operate and then also be super kind and want to connect with people and not letting any moment to like have a touch point with a fan, um, with an employee, with a, you know, broadcasters like me and Ben's and Marnie, um, you know, coming out to dinner with us and, and spending time. Like it's, it's just been a complete culture shift in a way that is, um, Everything that I've ever wanted to have happen has is, is pretty much happened. So it's just a, a joy to be around.
0: Jim, I know last night wasn't necessarily about Carl Anthony Towns because of what Andrew was able to do in the fourth quarter, but how much more does he have left in, in terms of where his ceiling's at? Because the early season for him has been nothing short of incredible so far.
1: Well, there's a toughness factor, I think. I mean, Towns is um, obviously one of the most gifted, most versatile players. I mean, as much as KG and Dirk change the power forward position. I think you could throw in some players like, you know, Rashid Wallace and, I mean, Carl Malone and Kevin McHale were pretty, you know, obviously Tim Duncan, you know, you're bringing up some names now that are pretty unique in terms of how they were, but, you know, Mayo and and Timmy were kind of like low post threats who you could step out and shoot mid-range jumpers, but Garnett and Dirk kind of really redefined the power forward center position kind of. Um, um, KG um, means a lot to Kat. So I think that his mentorship has meant a lot to Carl. And I think mean, KG's had some hand in to, you know getting Carl to expand his game and the work ethic, what it takes, and having the mindset of being a champion. Um, and so Carl is kind of – I think he's going to redefine the position, too. I mean, you see him handling the rock. I mean, like his his ability to dribble the basketball and get to where he wants to on the floor and be able to step back from three-point range and shoot with the efficiency that he does – and then, oh, by the way, be one of the most dominant low post players. And, and what I've been most impressed is his ability to pick apart defenses that double team him. He finds cutters, and 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 he's. I think one of the things that Ryan has kind of helped Cat with, because I think one of the things that would confound Tibbs and other coaches was that Carl wanted to uh, be like Pistol Pete Maravich out there when he was making passes. You know, um, he'd you know both in transition and in low post situations, he wanted to be like you know flashy and. You know, you know what, you know what wins is, is, is just being solid. So, like, he's passing it at a really high level and, and he's so skilled. Now, the question is, is, to me, is, is the toughness part of it because I think sometimes when guys have kind of beaten him up, um, they've been able to sort of neutralize him. I think, um, I, you know, I was reading on Twitter yesterday, people were saying that Bam at a bio, like, you know, kind of took him out of the game. I think Carl just missed shots. I didn't think that Bam really took anything away from Carl. Carl just didn't make, make the same shots, but I, the, I'm going to be really curious to see what happens against Joel Embiid. Um, we leave for Philly tomorrow. We play them on Wednesday. Um, Embiid's been somebody that's kind of trolled Carl in the past, um, and so winning a matchup against a physical low post presence that is equal to him, that, that's going to be, to me, the next frontier for Carl because he, he can absolutely beat up on some of these other people, and he does and has done that so far this year.
0: Jim, we're up against a break, but if you could quickly just your early impressions of the rookie Jared Culver.
1: Um, he, he's a little apprehensive. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, when you've had success and other people have been playing better in front of him, like he's not getting the kind of um, showcase that other people have. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged. i encouraged. I think just watching my video. And seeing him in practice, some of the early workouts, he reminds me a lot of Sean Elliott. Like from a lower, like that's to me, that's the four for him. It's kind of Sean Elliott. I think he can be really good, but um, they're going to take it slow with him, and I think he's going to figure it out.
0: That is Jim Peterson. Catch him on the call on Fox Sports North for Wolves basketball. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Pete Hoops. Jim, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so okay, much. See you guys later. Have okay, a good one, see you Manning. There's uh, Jim Peterson joining us on Fox, or on Score North Live. He's on Fox Sports North. There's a lot of Norths going on there and a lot of sports. You're in Minnesota, man. It's hard for me to keep up.